Hey there, welcome to no, Motorcycles no, 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 and... No, 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 What? What? Just no. no. I like motorcycles. Motorcycles and dipshits? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I have to say, I like Knox better. From the recycle garage (laughs) here in sunny Santa Cruz, California, USA, darlings. Mm. Uh, She was putting some class in there. Thank you. Lots of class. Someone's got to do it. I I say knock. USA. Knock, darling. Yes, dear. Who do we have in the house today? In the house today? (laughs) Yeah! Uh, festering in the quarter. <laughs> With in sickness. There's an yeah. illness in the house, Your darling. Big Boss illness. Liza, what's up? What's up, my wig wax? Moving over, we got Morgan. Hi. Good evening. Uh, yeah. Is he? Sup? Bagel. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> oh, it's right. Sunday, isn't it? Yes, darling. Uh, the lovely Miss Emma. Oh, darling. Hello. We got Charlie. <laughs> Rubber side down, shiny side down. What's the difference? <laughs> One's like more expensive. A, yo, yo, wiki, wiki. Yeah. Big Jim. Word to your moms. Yeah. Keep How many moms? moms? And uh, Wait, I am your co-co-co-co-co-host. I got more rhymes co-host. the Bible's got songs. Knock. So we've got a full garage here, and it took us about 30 minutes to do a sound check. So. It was a shit show. It was a giant shit show. It was a little bit of it's a shit sunny. show. Uh, well, you wait until you hear the show. If you think the intro was a shit show, oh my God. It it's sunny. always a shit show here. Is that what you said? It was so, sunny? It was sunny, and it was raining. It was totally bullshit. Yeah, when is, it was when sunny it and raining. And I know. At the same time. You know, yeah. but after last week... I'm not going to call it cold here in California yeah. anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, did. cold is a relative term. Well, it's, you know what I'll say? We um, we thought it was shitty in Portland. I saw pictures of Chris Wiggins going out to... Um, Wiggins! Yeah, oh, to, Mama uh, Tried. No, not Mama Tried, uh, but the, the oh, Friday the fl- one. Friday, flat out Friday. Flat yes. out Friday. Dude. Wait, where was this? And so he was go- driving to Milwaukee after oh Portland. Oh, my God. And his oh. truck looked like someone... Like sprayed it with ice. It was <laughs> yes. completely covered, like in a foot of ice. So oh, you know what's worse than snow? Black snow. That's a thing. Well, now. and he's oh, hauling yeah. equipment too, right? Dude, like, like seven motorcycles. Hold on, oh Jim. Can we for a second talk about our favorite race at Flat Out Friday? Because it was televised. You could watch it. What was the the best race of the night? Oh, the best race. Well, the one that I saw, and we didn't see all of them. Yeah. The ones we did was the scooter race. Oh my god! It was, it was so, so good. Oh my god! <laughs> it was so good. They, I think it was probably one of the fastest too. And also, like, because there was a guy on a Vespa whose like foot pegs were bottoming out. Oh wow! Oh wait, so these are like pro like scooter races, like guys leathered at, not like like a goofy class pro? version or something. I don't summer, know if I call it pro. I mean, like real scooter racing. Where no, I think are ripping no, it. no. They were on like all sorts of scooters. Oh, Okay, it's like a hooligan kind of thing. But they were fast. Because scooter riders do like leather, I hear. Yes, Mm -hmm. they do. And rubber. And it was squirrely, too. Oh, it's Mikey three times in the house. What? What? Special What's up, bitch? Come what you sit down? Come on in. Yeah, come on, come on join in. us, Mike. Come on in, man. <laughs> it's magic Mike with the full We've only got half bucket. Eliza today, so. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that like it? we're talking depth, about the scooter race. So I posted oh. a picture of Wiggins mm-hmm. on my Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. I believe that's and what the kids are calling it, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes mum. That's that's what the young beatniks are calling oh, it yeah. these days. The long-haired beatniks are calling <laughs> it Instagram. I got, I got a clam clap for you right here. Yes, and the book of faces, darling. So, um, and the general consensus is that um, he looks like Venom. 
in his new leather. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Those no, it's though, a very good thing. Those are brand new. It looks pretty sexy in his own weird and alien they look way. Pretty sexy. So. And, you know, we're gonna go pretty much into a bunch of thanks. Mm-hmm. We're we're a show of thanks today. Yeah. And uh, number one, first and foremost. Amanda at Icon. Yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I love my new boots that I'm wearing. Oh, you, oh, you got them. You can hear them click. Those are pretty dope, Ay. sister. <laughs> I'm yep. into the what? Yeah, Micah yep. is dialing up her boots. Um, her boots are, cool. fa- are more fangled than my motorcycle. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, hey. Yo, yeah, Mikey. I got some boots, too. Yeah, no. so, oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, when we were in Portland, we got hooked up with Amanda. She works at Icon, and we got to go to their headquarters. I mean, you probably heard this on our uh, other episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... I was surprised, and it was an amazing time, and um, it was just cool to be in the little back where the elves are, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and I have all new respect, and I told him, well, I, thought you, it was, you, I thought it was squid gear for squids. Uh, so much more respect, uh, re- respect for the comfort and the, the safety that goes into it. Yes, it may have skulls and stuff on it, but it's well built. Yeah, I'll say um, yesterday... Uh, you know, I got a pair of kind of bib pants, like all weather pants. They almost like snowboarding pants, right? And they just showed up, but a couple of days ago. Is that part of the Raiden line? Yeah, Raiden. Thank yeah. you, Icon Raiden line, and um, I guess Adventury. And I normally wouldn't buy them. They're kind of blue. I mean, they look cool and everything, but that's not my go-to. But I put them on, and right from the get-go, they were super well made. The zippers worked. And, you know, you rode over to see me in Monterey yesterday. Yeah. And it was a pretty shitty day. It was a pretty shitty day. And they kept you warm. They kept you dry. And they were super comfortable. Right. And, like, going out, we had lunch on the back deck, and they were comfortable there. And But, yeah, I was really impressed. So, um, anyway, yeah. And they were super safe. Like, they have protection in all the right places. And... And I, I, I want to say, <clears throat> I want to yeah. say, I did not get for free. I actually paid full price. Um, I got some gloves, Icon One Thousand Axis. Mm-hmm. They are so nice, Charlie. You tried them on. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're gloves. so comfortable right out of the bat. I hate gloves that you have to break in. These mm. feel like driving gloves, but they're well, thicker than that. But yeah, cool. without trying to sound too sort of kissy assy and asslicky, it's like <laughs> it, to Icon okay. in general and Amanda in particular. Thank you. Giant box arrived. We've got all kinds of kick-ass gear that we can donate to people who really need it, which is what Misfits are all about. So thank you, guys. It's great. That was the impetus is is she wanted to – she heard we gave away a bunch of gear. She goes, oh, you you do something like that? And we said, yeah. And she said, come on by, and I'll stoke you out. And she certainly did. So now we got a nice collection of really safe, functional gear that somebody comes in, like, wearing whatever, denim jacket and sweatpants. And what that means is the person who comes in, instead of spending a couple of hundred bucks on gear, they can get some new tires for their bike. Totally. Yep. Because we can yep. donate the gear. So it, it, it's great all around. And the thing that we found out afterwards that I think is so cool is every jacket comes with a St. Christopher's medal hidden in the pocket, inside pocket. Yeah. I, I had one of those. I got for Christmas yeah. years right. ago. So that's, that's super cool. Huh? I was in one of their bathrooms and, uh, you know, and I'll what was that? Oh. Stop. No. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> what what were you? I was leaving my bar, man. I'm just after saying. the bathroom, not. Okay, so on the wall, they had these, like. <laughs> a phone number? <laughs> yes. <laughs> for a good time called knock. <laughs> 
Are you guys done? <laughs> okay, so. so on the wall, it showed one of these like uh, uh, prototype kind of drawings for the for the medallion that you get. Yes, and uh, one of them was a handcuff key. It was, right. was was in the ring. It was like it was, instead of like a, a metal, it would have been either a spark plug gapper, a handcuff key, or a, a little thing that you stick on the end of a of a of your gasoline uh the foreskin on the gasoline thing so it pushes it up oh like the mccuff yeah mm. the mccuff yeah <laughs> so those are all cool. very useful things i yeah. know it's pretty cool prototypes yeah they're extremely i think the handcuff people. yeah the shall handcuff i tell you what i actually cool. keep a handcuff key in my my key set i'll yeah, tell you, you what made that whole trip for me so we're, we're cruising around home base and it's it's the mothership it's, mm-hmm. it's the mothership of icon yeah. we come to one of the designers desks and there's a there's a piece of cardboard that's been cut out and it's got marker pen all over it and mm-hmm. kind of taped into this shape and it's the vent on the side of a new helmet and he'd made a cardboard mock-up and that's that's so old school yeah. and legit so yeah. Cool. yeah and like two like feet down <laughs> below is like the 3d printed version of that's, it if you didn't see that yeah Originally, but it's the cool. cardboard yeah. you know it's like Love Emma, it. that's uh, that's what my dad would refer to as early CAD work. Cardboard yes, cardboard yeah. aided design. Cardboard <laughs> aided design. Nice. You know, and I've I've got that's this good. vision of an extremely young version of Craig just making a fucking windjammer out of cardboard, no, 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 no. hanging out at pizzeria. We have, for old we have his shit. original modeling clay. He's, is the the clay? He's kept his his same original you know modeling clay from the sixties. Wow. The same ridiculous <laughs> warming oven that that it, that's got to be a chunk of clay because a windjammer is not a small well, fairing. It's, it's several drawers, but yeah, and I, I know that smell very well, and you heat it up, it gets this <laughs> liquefies, and it makes this modeling clay smell, and oh, yeah, we got, he's got drawers of clay tools that wow. you would it's, have. Yeah, on it's his, plasticine, right? It's that oil-based kind it's, of like... It's very oily, and if yeah. you've ever been over to the workshop, you've seen his giant granite yes. slab table. That was his his workshop area. Does, where uh, just, you know, little off topic, does he have any hurricane molds there? Yeah, no. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> No, we don't. He donated all the original Hurricane stuff to the AMA Museum in Pickerington. Is that uh, right? And that has the uh, yeah. Right on. Speaking yeah. of which, um, speaking of which, uh, well, that's a segue into the AMA, is it not? Right. And I think we may as well just kick off with the good old AMA minute. This is Michael Marino with the AMA minute. A bill that would revive America's scenic byways program passed the U.S. House of Representatives with strong bipartisan support. The bill would direct the U.S. Secretary of Transportation to reopen nominations for the National Scenic Byways Program, which has been closed for six years. The Senate is now considering its version of the bill. Please contact your senators and voice your support. David Craigie of Santa Rosa, California is the grand prize winner in the 2019 AMA member sweepstakes. He will receive a 2018 Yamaha XSR700 motorcycle. All AMA members who join or renew are automatically eligible to win a number of prizes from a collection that changes for each calendar year. Three U.S. representatives from California introduced the California Desert Protection and Recreation Act. The bill would designate or expand six off-highway vehicle areas in the California desert. The AMA supports this bill and asks you to do the same. In qualifying for the 2019 Rocky Mountain ATVMC AMA Amateur National Motocross Championship presented by Lucas Oil kicked off Saturday at an event in Buckeye, Arizona. 
A total of 68 area qualifiers and regional championships determined which riders will compete for AMA number one plates at Loretta Lynn's Ranch July 29 through August 3rd. The AMA announced its Board of Directors Awards this week, and Liza, you're on the list, receiving a Friend of the AMA Award. AMA Motorcycle Hall of Famer and Hall of Fame legend Malcolm Smith received the AMA's Doug Perkins Lifetime Achievement Award. Others honored were Larry Walker, Leon Payne, Genevieve Schmidt, the North American Trials Council, Tom and Karen Umfris, Hall of Famer Scott Harden, and Moto Ventures. For complete information on these awards, visit the AMA's website. This has been the AMA Minute. For the latest AMA news, please visit our website at www.americanmotorcyclist.com. Well, how about that? <laughs> so, huh? um, we got a celebrity over here. Liza, anything you'd like to say? Uh, Wow, gee, awesome. <laughs> oh, gee. I like the picture that you used for the fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I'm sort of in touch with the emails too. I'm like, oh, she's going to put some goofy shit on there. I'm like, sure There's enough. Fucking dicks Perfect. They, they, I sent them the picture and then they said, are you sure you want to use it? <laughs> <laughs> I said, if it's not too goofy for you, it's not too goofy well, for me. Well, you know, it kind of dovetails in. You know, at the one show, they had all those helmets that were done by students. <laughs> My favorite one of all of them was Evil Knievel as a cat. Yeah. yeah. Evil Knievel. <laughs> the, the Evil Knievel jacket you're wearing for the AMA Minute. And how about Malcolm Smith? Uh, right. I can't... What I don't understand is have they ever recognized Malcolm Smith before? They yeah. must have. I'm yes, sure yes for, he was yeah. the mark of the year at, at, at yeah, AMA Yeah, because, yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. any... If Anybody deserves a lifetime achievement award. It's Malcolm Smith. I mean, the guy's a friggin' legend. You know what I liked about the announcement is you got marquee billing <laughs> <laughs> in the AMA minute. Yeah. They go Liza Smith, blah blah blah. Liza and then, Smith. Hey, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Liza <laughs> Miller, and then uh, <laughs> Malcolm Smith. No, Malcolm oh, Miller. So boy. That. No, the one but thing. Congratulations, though. That's very. It's, it should be thank you. The one thing yeah. it brought to my attention, and I wasn't aware of, they said for opening one of the first co-op garage spaces right and that is a trend now but it made me think like oh right i there weren't any when i started doing yeah. this mm-hmm. this is just a concept my idea i mean wasn't it turn it into a business but just to help the community right. you've been a community leader and a, a world leader in but, what you've done but it is true that you know I, I think i recognize the need for it now everyone else is realizing recognizing the need and, and monetizing it which right. is great it's helping so many people make it affordable and i think it's the future of the industry it really is. Isn't this also kind of hurting the professional industry? Like, should we talk about that? Well, too? let's go there, Emma. <laughs> Since that's, this is a good way to lead this topic. Hey, before we go there, I want to recognize, though, that what you've alluded to is you still provide it for free. Yes. All these yes. other things popping up that are awesome charge us, you know, exactly. charge money. Liza has always done it for free. Right. That's before a big deal. She charges for other things, though, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You me, all pay it. in your own way. Before, we, uh, before we get to I've Emma, lost a lot of brain cells here. Can we, uh, can we say one million? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah! Can you guys believe that? Say it, not wild. Say it one not. million. <laughs> say, say all of it. So I've been one I've been tracking million. our downloads for a while, and I knew I projected about six months ago that around this time we would hit uh, a million. Actually, it came a little bit sooner because we've been building momentum. That. Um, 
it's, but it still is amazing. It's it's unfathomable, unfathomable. Yeah, that's a word. That's a, that's a legit yeah. word. Yeah, I unbelievable. Did, I did the um, the numbers. That's it's like uh, thirty five hundred listens per episode. If you were to no, do it's equally, more than that now. I, I would like to think is that it? we we've got two hundred fifty million hours that you can't take back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think that's just incredible, and just you know, thanks to all the listeners who found us, because we never did advertising. We just started out in our garage, just shooting the shit. And if you listen yeah. to the first ones, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but also, I think it's. <laughs> but changed? also, I think it's cool to see the growth, because we constantly right. strive to do better, and constantly we're it's replacing equipment, learning how to do it better, and even as. All of you came in. You've all gotten better mic presence. You've all gotten better. Knock has learned how to enunciate, usually. I can talk good. <laughs> I can talk good can now. Talk Liza. Jim has gotten good at, at uh, interviewing. Can you explain? What I really like about this thing is that even though um, it's gotten better and it's more professional in the, in the sound quality, it's still really laid back and friendly. Well, yeah, I can't. That's what I've done I, can, I can only be so good. <laughs> can you uh, can you explain the AMA um, the, what what exactly it is and and like um, what what you're gonna have, what that entails from you? Um, it's the AMA is just giving a, a gold star on on my forehead and acknowledging me. It is in no way in the same uh, light as anybody in the Hall of Fame and and the life's work that they've done. But it's a way that the AMA just acknowledges people who Run. are furthering Fine, the mission of the AMA. Do you get free extra towing? <laughs> <laughs> like an extra fifteen miles or something? No, I think you get one more a year. I think what Mike's saying, your official, uh, the official. Um, title of of Liza's award is friend of the AMA. Yeah, <laughs> and that that really says it all. Yeah, it's I mean, somebody who promotes the AMA and is generally very doing good. Do they? Friendly. So I mean, is it ceremonial or is it just they just made like a? Are you gonna um, get it at Vintage Days? So I, I believe in helping them help us. Right, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And no, actually, I think I'm going to be flying out there <clears throat> in September when the Ooh. Women Writers World Relay is going to be coming through. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I had planned on the route for it to stop at the Hall of Fame for lunch. You're going to get nice. a haircut before. So I think I will conveniently be there to meet the group and nice. receive an award at the same time. That's going to be cool. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, just don't tell my bosses because I used all my vacation time, so I'm going to call yeah. it sick that day. <laughs> so, yeah, there, whoops. there goes my dreams of being a one percenter, man. <laughs> you never had a chance. It's never never had late. a chance to begin with. But, you know, no, it, no, it's cool. And, and also, um, every time we go to the AMA Vintage Days, like I love that event so much and I'm always like mm. how can I participate I want to interview people and I want to you know hey let, can we talk about carburetors and you know what can we do to participate mm. and um, so they've acknowledged that too it was I just actually a lot of things want to go because of you I, I didn't know much about it but Dude, everything you said nice yeah. about it I want to go vintage everyone days. everyone in the room has been there oh yeah vintage it's, vintage days I, I'm a loser it, okay, the, I really the, haven't been a lot of places the best way to describe vintage days it's Three days when the AMA lets their collective hair down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think is the best way to describe it. I think we have fun there. I yeah. always kind of thought of describing it as a celebration of motorcyclists. It's, because it's, it's, it's all walks of life. It's not just exactly. the, the crotch rocket people, the cruiser people, the... It's the, everyone. Not the cafe it's, it's all people who love everything motorcycling getting together 
and sharing their love of it. That's and my a kind of cause. And a giant if, swap meet. If you if parts. if you go to vintage days and do not have fun, mm. you're probably How? dead. I'm How? actually so wanting to check your pulse. You know, it's almost kind of the um, the motorcycle culture upside down world yeah it is the, the guy getting the most attention is the one riding up on the grasshopper yes yeah. <laughs> you know like the weird esoteric like moped <laughs> right gets gets yeah. the attention no if, one, if you were to go on a panigale or something you know it's a no panigale no. but if you're riding around on a 1960s nsu moped oh, 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 oh yeah yeah, it's yeah. like it's like that old medieval guy that's going up. Bring out your dead, but it's like bring out your weird shit. You're gonna show up on that moped, and someone's gonna. Oh my god, I have a screw for one of those in my drawer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> need, do you need? I've got, I want. I want to complete. Your, yeah. Oh, you're missing a screw. I've got it for you. You know, and since I've got that side. Since panel. we're giving out thanks. Thanks yes. to Phil from Cleveland Moto for yes. even introducing us for real. to AMA Vintage Days and right. and getting to know the guys uh, and the women at AMA from that. Yes, yeah. yeah. uh, no, Phil, speaking, Philippe is there. Uh, speaking of AMA and all the connections, you know, we do have a motorcycle-rich community here in Northern California, and now that Liza's in the AMA um, Cool Club, yes, <laughs> Morgan is also a big part of the AMA Cool scene. I, only so by, you guys only started sharing proxy, stories. I like getting uh, to hang out with cool kids. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because he was talking about Malcolm. Oh, right. no, yeah, so uh, it was interesting because uh, this year they're honor- obviously honoring Malcolm Smith's Lifetime Achievement Doug Perkins Award. Um, uh, my dad, Craig Vetter, got that last year, yeah. and he and Malcolm both were in the same year class, uh, not class, but uh, uh, induction year, 1998, into the AMA Hall of Fame. That's awesome. And... I think it, it, how many years ago was this? I don't remember. It was maybe five, six years ago that that Dad uh, was actually um, at Vintage Days. He was the Mark of the Year, uh, the kind of uh, uh, the central focus, and. I think the following year, Malcolm was the the mark of the year. Like he was the the the, yeah. the main person. So it's funny that Dad got Dad Doug Perkins last year, and Malcolm's getting it this year. And congratulations to him. You yeah, know, such a wonderful guy. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, I remember when we were over at your place, the uh, the secret headquarters. Mm. Was that the award with the deer antlers in it? Was no, that that's <laughs> that, Dad doesn't like that. He doesn't like being reminded of that. No, the Doug yeah. Perkins one is the little glass one that uh, we have to make sure it doesn't get knocked over. Right. <laughs> The one thing in this whole house you can't knock over that thing. So now that we've gotten past all the good news, let's go to the bad news. Yes. Well, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? Yep. what about the um, the Norman Reedus show in London? Or in oh, England? yeah. Elspeth Beard. Yeah. How sick was that? Uh, Norman Reedus. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really cool. I posted that on our page. Somebody took video while they were watching it. Um, we're somebody. Uh, no, it's kind of <laughs> somebody. Yeah, I don't was, think you're included. We know somebody's. Yeah, he was with uh, Negan go. too. <laughs> yeah, or the actor who plays Negan. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see that. You know, I know, and I well, to, to to know both people not personally, but have met them and and been around them, and then all of a sudden they're both on TV. Like, well, you know, you know, it's really cool. It's a cool connection. I'm going to go see her water tower in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Bitch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, and that's the other thing, too, is that they show you, like, the blueprints on the show, and then she's kind of, like, explaining it to them as, as we're there. And it was, uh, you know, we've talked to her about it, and uh, I think you could probably just see it on the internet if you want to, but it doesn't really, you don't really get it until, like, there's, like, professional cameras, and they're really showing you the size of it. And I didn't expect it to be as big as it was. Well, well she said, if, if yeah, we're talking about Ryder Norman Reedus, <laughs> did you see who else has been on? No, who? Paul Brown. Oh, oh yeah. Paul. Dirt bags, right. the yeah. dirt bags. Your friend Paul. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there, is there anything you'd like to say to Paul? My bestie. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know what? It's nice of you to bury the hatchet, Mikey. Because yeah. I'm sure he's forgotten your name. Yeah. Everyone no, it just shows that the producers are um, listening to our show and finding great uh, content right. through us, I think, is how that's working. You're always the trendsetter, We'll so see what's next. Yeah. Now, Back to Mikey, the bad news. can we get to the bad news now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, you want me to say, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um The bad news is I bought some new glasses and the lenses are exactly the same color as a Bombay Sapphire bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just watched me comparison. The Bombay Sapphire bottle is invisible the, to you? Seeing yeah. the world. <laughs> no, I'm is it clear? It. Does it look clear? Um, seeing the world through the eyes of gin. No, yeah, thank you. No, there is bad news. Um, as... Everyone here is aware mm. I am the mechanic at Monterey Peninsula Power Sports mm-hmm. in Monterey, California. And we're closing down. Yeah. Oh, After wow. how many Super years? sad news. How many um, years were those guys in business as... Mo- well, yeah, well I mean, it's, it's, it's gone right? through many... Uh, many incarnations and many changes. You know, it's like the proverbial broom. It's had five handles and, you know, ten brushes. But Monterey Peninsula Power Sports, in various forms, has been around for 50, 60 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, Holy shit. So sad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a long-term dealership. So and back to the question. I mean, besides him going out of business, or going, uh, he's retiring. Besides that, do you no, think... No, he's not retiring. That's what it... Isn't that what Facebook said? Let her explain it. Hold on. <laughs> so, um... We were part of a chain, um, and it's a very informal chain, but the owner of the shop had five other stores, mostly in Utah, but um, he had one in Idaho as well. And it's mm. a very, very different scene out there. Salt Lake City in particular, that was the mothership. I mean, that was a 50-employee store. Holy wow. shit. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was a b- For a dealership? That's crazy. It's, it's that a is crazy. crazy big store. And, of course, it generated a great deal of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not quite as profitable. Mm. Um, if you ever was to go in our store, um, it, it's kind of a flagship store. I mean, we've got eight brands. It's a big yeah. store. There's a lot of real estate. There is a lot of product in there. There's probably 140 bikes in there, brand new bikes. Holy shit. Yeah, stuff. there's a lot of bikes in there. Exactly. Yeah. We've got Rocket 3s. Yeah. We've got Panigales. We've got R1s. I think we've got four R1s. Yeah. ZX14s. Triumphs. I, I'd imagine you're like... Two Africa Twins. Yeah, I mean, 400s, all that Yeah, stuff. we've got everything. Um, yeah. And so... It's an expensive store to run, and to a certain extent, the Salt Lake City store was paying for us. Um, the owner sold the Salt Lake City store and a couple of his other stores. He's, he's definitely winding things down, but he, I mean, he's got sons that are staying in the industry. But it basically, it became a, a, a question of math, you know? Um, we... At the moment, certainly in this climate, we spend more money than we generate. Mm. So mm. it got to the stage mm-hmm. we're costing him money. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a it's a very simple 
equation for and him to shut the store so down. He didn't and I don't blame him at all. I'd, I'd have done the same, and I think I'd have done it a long time ago. So the franchise owner doesn't own the property that that building's in, right? Oh, yeah. They, oh, no, he owns the building. Oh, no oh, shit, wow. even that? Wow. Yeah. That's, a lot of that's a sign of the times you see in the news that they say how hot used motorcycle sales are. Right. And, I was going to ask. But we don't sell used motorcycles. But that, that's the point, right? Mm. You know, that's, and that is that's the, point. the point. But the um, it's a very interesting building. Um that building actually started off as a boat repair place. Mm-hmm. And so the workshop I work in, the ceilings are about 20 feet tall. It's yeah, it's inc- a warehouse-sized mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it's a huge warehouse-sized thing, and it's kind of goofy because there's just two wrenches in there now. There's me on one side and the other guy on the other side. Hmm. Um, but back when that building was made in the very early 70s, you know, the fishing boats had come in that have these really tall flying bridges on them. Yeah. And there were catwalks all around the top of the workshop. So oh, you could shit, actually no way. be, you know, you could pull a giant fishing boat in oh, there cool. and work on it from above and it's kind of crane the engine it's out. It's like a fucking hangar, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back to the question I asked earlier, do you think the co-ops and the moto guilds and all those things are hurting the industry? I don't think they're hurting the industry. I think... It's which came first, the chicken or the egg. If Let's use as an analogy what happened to British bikes in the late 1960s. So we're going to take a snapshot in time. 1962, the year I rolled off the production line. So I went from being a, an idea through prototype stage to an actual baby... In March 1962. (laughs) So in March 1962, the only show in town, give or take, were the British and a select few European manufacturers. Mm. That was it. You had all these... Europe proper, though, right? Like in in Europe. Right. Right. Within Europe, in America. Remember, in the early 60s, Harley-Davidson's were still quite a rare sight in America. Yeah. Because they were expensive. Yeah, they're just, yeah. You could buy a Honda. Honda had been in America since 59, Yamaha since 56. But they're little little tiny things. You know, but they're little tiny, little, little tiny bikes. I mean, motorbikes, there were a ton of British bikes out here. Um, everyone rode Triumphs, everyone rode BSAs, we've all seen the wild one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lee Marvin was riding a Harley, but Marlon Brando was on his Triumph. So, there were all these British bikes, these tiny little Japanese bikes. So now, let's take a snapshot to the end of the 1960s. It's a very different story then. Because Honda brought out the 754, and when the 754 came out, pretty much every other superbike on the road was obsolete. Everything was obsolete after the 754, and it was a downward trend. So, in my way of explaining things, it's easy to say that the Japanese manufacturers killed the British motorcycle industry. And mm. there is a valid case for arguing that. Killed, killed? Uh, or like more like kind of put the brakes on them a little bit. Wounded. I don't, yeah. I don't even think it was that. I mm. think the British motorcycle industry had been very sick for a long time. Yeah. Kind of rested on their laurels as far as technology? Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you went to... The Triumph Factory, mm-hmm. or the BSA Factory, or even the Norton Factory, you'd have this large factory, and the research and development part of it was a tiny little shed in the corner mm. where one guy, maybe two guys, worked. And if you got new fender stays for the 1968, oh, we got new fender stays, that's great. The Japanese manufacturers approach things differently. 
if you went into the research and development area of Honda or Suzuki or Yamaha or Kawasaki, it was giant. You know, all their top engineers were working R&D because they're interested in what they're putting out next year or the following year or the following year. Yeah. And so that was the difference. So... I don't really think that the Japanese manufacturers killed the British motorcycle industry. I think they took advantage of the situation. The yeah. They had the they basically had a very very good product. Yeah. Now, so now we're going to take another snapshot to the mid 70s when I start riding. And I've said this over and over and over and again. There's always going to be a legitimacy for riding the domestic product. Mm-hmm. Always. And there even was then. So by the late 70s... Chopper getting. You had... I mean, you know, you'd spend your money. You'd, uh, you'd buy a Suzuki GT750, and I had plenty of those. Mm-hmm. And you know, Honda 750s were still the very developed by the mid-70s, the late-70s, because they'd mm-hmm. been around for a while. Um, Z1s, a lot of my friends were riding Z1s and so on and so forth. But all my really cool friends riding Triumphs. Mm-hmm. Or BSAs. Mm-hmm. And there were older bikes then, and they were all black, and you had Apanger bars on them. And that, that was the crowd I can, kind of ran with, um, because they were the cool kids. Right. You know, it, it, it's like, and it's here in America, you know, yeah, you know, Joe had an H1 or whatever, and, you know. Wait, so culturally, was there like a marked area where like okay you rode the triumphs and you did the chopper thing with it versus the guys who wanted to go fast and rode the 750s because they were like yeah i mean there was you know when it was it was absolutely typical of the british motorcycle industry Mm -hmm. triumph all their manufacturing life went wanted the young executive that's who they wanted to ride their bike Mm. the reality is if you went down to any greasy spoon cafe or backwater pub in Birmingham on a Saturday night where some punk band were playing and some greasy long-haired yobbos in leather jackets (laughs) were listening to them there were a bunch of triumphs parked outside yeah yeah. It's sort of a funny thing as well that it was one of the dad's things you pointed out for years. It was Harley, for example, has never been able to identify I mean, until in the last twenty years their their consumer market. Right, because all of their advertising is for like these clean cut people in like happy like uh, coats and 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 like uh, end caps. They're smiling as opposed to the the leather clad you know grungy people that, who that actually wrote. Not them. a single piece of marketing for Harley was like showed anything like that for yeah. like seventy years. And so it was with Triumph. And right up, one of the last models that Triumph made was this thing called the T140 ES Executive. (laughs) And the Executive had two-tone paint, very similar to a BMW, and a bikini fairing, and it had got, like, suitcase kind of saddlebags on it. Yeah. And it was aimed at the young Executive. And guess who bought it? Greasy, long-haired, leather-jacketed yobbos who threw all the luggage and fairing away and made it look like a proper bloody bike. So are you saying that, like, catering to yuppies is not a new thing? (laughs) Basically. Oh, I mean, it's been going uh, since the fucking 60s. So wait, I have, well, that's I where a, the money is. Oh, I get a question. So what it seems like to me is that uh, motorcycles always tend to kind of fall into some sort of uh, alternative 
category or yes. like um, yes. whatever it is. And it seems like everybody keeps trying to advertise to to clean it up. So I think like the motorcycle manufacturers are trying to bring it mainstream. Well, you're always chasing it, the falls into an alternative. You're always crack. chasing the money. You're always chasing who's got the money. So we had we've had an interesting. My wife isn't. Nah. Explains a lot, actually. <laughs> but you see, you're a fairly typical custom bike builder. Mm. So we've had an interesting week. We went to an extremely healthy custom bike show. There was a lot of interest, a lot of beautifully built bikes, and it seemed very vibrant. And then I come back and find out the dealership I I work for and has been a really a part of Monterey motorcycling life for half a century yeah. is going away. It's it's kind of it's like you're, they're losing a cultural kind of like resource. I think. I think mm-hmm. the industry just isn't it's keeping up. up with where people are moving is well, a big it, thing too. They are though because you see a lot of the they I think they're trying to modify the bikes to have a lot of bolt-on customization and that's like the thing. So you have the Indian doing all those things to like right. hey look here here it is it's not the standard. But you anymore. know it's. So it's so elusive, Mike. Um, A couple of bikes that I thought were going to be amazing sellers just fell flat on their back. Based on price point, you think? Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's very it's very very elusive. It's like you had the 2008 desirability of fast bikes in like the 2019 economy. So I kind of have some theories about this. To me, it seems like for dealerships, there's the three real incomes. There's the bikes, there's the parts, and there's the service. Yeah. Now, bikes, nobody's going and buying bikes online, really. I mean, they still have to go to a dealership. Yes. But parts, everyone knows, and, and gear, parts and accessories and gear... Everyone knows you go to try it on at the dealership and then you go buy it online. Right. Amazon, Cycle and then Gear. and then you have the the service that there are more and more of these co-op garages. However, we all know a lot of dealerships have rules about not working on a bike over what like thirteen years or something. Well, we there's, there's kind of a so general kind of force our hands. <clears throat> so it's not worth it, it seems though that it was a delicate balance where that's what may be driving them out that pieces of the business has gone but you still need to go to dealerships for bikes so why is are some dealerships becoming these mega big dealerships and others keep shutting down yeah I, the riding culture you know, in their area exactly is that purely economics i think it's purely economics because these people who have these mega dealerships can't afford to lose money because you think they utah's have rich money. so dude are you fucking serious there's the so people much people there, but there's more money here than no, Utah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no Utah's there's a lot no. of money, and and the, yeah. the cost of real estate no. is cheaper out there. Yes, the cost that's of a, everything. That's is, there's, yeah, but it's not one factor; yeah. it's multiple factors. Look, people have been talking a long time about the dealership experience, and we know, and I've seen it, and Micah's experienced it. That you know, you go in there and you try stuff on, and you go somewhere else and buy it. The people working at the dealerships know what's up. They're less receptive and less friendly to you. Right. They're like they're like piss off. They're not giving you the time because they know they're being played, right? And so there's not the the care and generosity and welcoming that used to exist. And there's and no Michael was treated anymore. that that way. Right. At at a local shop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the dealership experience went downhill. Plus, I think that they didn't adapt and change. Like, maybe they need to be turned into dealership casinos or dealership coffee shops or, you know, you know steakhouse or mm. dealership insurance. I don't know. You mean Are coffee? You, like, like CC? Tacos and coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like CC. What I'd like, what I'd like to see, um, 
and the observation <laughs> I'd make at, at the dealership I worked at. And you know, if you if you go onto Yelp, I mean, you you're always going to see great accolades for dealers, and you're going to see an absolute shit show as well. And our yeah. dealership's no different to that. Um, but there's this this there's been this pervasive attitude in the motorcycle industry for a long, long time, is that when somebody brings a bike to you as a dealer, the dealer's got it into their head that they're doing you a huge favor by working on your bike mm. and it's so wrong that's a bad attitude for being service well it <clears throat> and we as dealers we need to turn that around and we need to go back to the fact that the customer is doing us a huge favor by bringing yeah. their bike to us and treat them that way yeah. i mean emma when i would come visit you at your shop how was i treated there oh appallingly <laughs> like everybody else yeah i mean they're, they're like oh it's just emma's friend like oh hey you can't park there or you know mm. wow yeah because it's it's like they were nice to a, me that's a standoff because you're a white dude no because my no, bike is dope <laughs> <laughs> no but but and i and i and i say it's because they've learned why waste my time i know what's happening here this person isn't a buyer you don't look like you have money and so <laughs> I want to know. It's true. She doesn't have the look. Damn, that's no, I, I look like a field picker right so now. I, I look the I same know. way. It's the same thing. Um, I want to know, what do you think? What is your grand idea that you think could have turned it around? If you were the owner of your dealership, what grand idea do you think you would have implemented? Use bikes. What I think we needed to do, and it's harder because when... The Harley-Davidson dealers have got some things right. You need going to a dealership to be an event. Mm -hmm. And you need to make the dealership itself a destination. Mm. Now, that might mean something as simple as a hot dog machine. That was about to say. We know we can get hot dogs at Harley. Right. You know hot what? dogs or a yeah. coffee bar, not, you know what I'm saying? Or Swedish meatballs when you go buy furniture. You know, so I actually have yeah. a, a bit here. I go to the oh, Lane Splitter Harley-Davidson just for the weekend food. <laughs> right. Hmm. So there's that. You could have a corner where you're just projecting on any Sunday over and right. over again in the corner. Yeah. But you make it a destination. And that includes the attitude of the staff. It doesn't matter whether you're buying anything or not. If somebody walks through the door, you greet them. Thanks for coming in. It's really good to see you. You know, I've, I've spent on and off 41 years in the motorcycle industry. And sticking your hand out and looking somebody in the eye and saying, Hey, good morning. It's nice to see you. Has served me very, very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something I as mean, simple as that. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds oversimplistic, but that's where you need to start. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes a difference. Uh, but another thing too is that that one of the things that that Harley has been very big on is is merchandise, right? And that's a <laughs> tremendous part of their business. Absolutely, they're a clothing and company. So basically. they could they could like you mm. know just just be breaking even on selling motorcycles and make all their profit on. on well, you don't. They do. Yeah, they you, already do. Exactly. They pretty much do. So, right. So you don't any, make it. So l 
let me tell you something right, right now. You do not make any money selling motorbikes. Sure. There's right. no markup on new motorbikes at all. Yeah. So so that's another thing that I think dealerships yeah. can do is is focus more on like the little you know tchotchkes and 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 t-shirts right. and and hats and and other little things that would be officially you know branded merchandise as long as you can keep the price and reasonable where people are going to buy. And it. this is where it's harder on a multi-line dealership because if if you're at a Harley dealership, yeah, everything everything's going to have Harley Davidson sure. on it, and that's great. Right. So if you're at our dealership, you have to have eight key change for everyone. There you go. Right. But which takes up space, and you have to buy it up and money. So. Yeah. What about having a service department that's actually friendly? I've been to a lot of them that mm. just well, want to abuse my bike, and then they cost. It, it used much. to be. I was talking to Charlie because Charlie was talking. Well, back in the day, yeah, like Charlie, right, how right. long ago yeah. was back in the day a for you? Months ago. Last yeah. week. <laughs> but back in the day, and Emma, you'll remember this. You knew the name of the guy at the service counter. Oh hell, yeah. he was your buddy. Yep. Yeah. Because you were always going in there for hey, parts up, and Bob? questions. So. Here's something I think that dealerships have missed the boat on, and it's not too late. I think if they were opening up their own co-op spaces in the back. Mm, One mechanic can cover how many bays. And those people need their parts. And if they're already there, they're more likely to buy stuff from you. Which generates profit. It's coming back to what you said earlier, Eliza. 13 years, a lot of dealerships won't touch them. My bike is 28 years old, and today I had to do a carp lesson. I mean, what if I were to take that to a Suzuki dealership? No one oh, no, Suzu- no won't Suzuki it. won't touch it. No. Because a lot of private shops now we're either. getting down into... There's a reason why they won't touch it. Yeah. And it's it all boils down... No, it's liability. Yeah. Because... Lawsuits? There's too much problems that yes, could go wrong potentially. with the bike. You see, uh. when a bike gets to a certain age... It becomes far less of a product of who made it, and more of a product of who's worked on it. Yeah, you've t- you said that before. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's it, it's very very simple. And you can you can take the best quality bike, and if you've have if you've got a ham-fisted mm. rider who abuses it, and I like that with an appalling dealership who makes a pig's ear of servicing it. You can destroy a bike very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. And Phil Conversely, you can take an old, not particularly great quality bike, but with careful riding and careful maintenance. You can make the thing last forever. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Phil had a fantastic story about about a bike being destroyed by poor maintenance. Poor, poor work being done on right uh, on last week's Cleveland Motor Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's 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 a Lambretta that had just weird problems happening to it running, and it turned out that uh, some that somebody had over torqued the the flywheel on, nut on the crankshaft and just oh. destroyed. So can we just talk about possibly. Terry's motorcycle anyway. for like 0. 0.2 seconds and about how that thing it's is going to explode? It's never point two seconds. Uh. <laughs> it's going to yeah. catch fucking fire, man. Uh, it's electric, Ter- Terry says he's going to balance his, his battery cells this year. Okay. Okay, so, so it's one of these 16,000 problems? He got a new BMS. He got another BMS so he can, so he can balance the cells on the other one. We're going to get behind a bunker and we're going to plug his bike in <laughs> and we're going to hide and just gonna like look out through the little slit you know the eye yeah. they're watching and, and see and then we're going to go oh my god charger's still out there and run for it and then <laughs> <laughs> and you think do you think there's going to be a plasma ball I'm so, very interested in I, this concept what of about a plasma everybody else? ball we've got a hey, we've got a flare attachment for the plasma. camera the, uh, the infrared attachment so we'll be able Good. to see it thermal and be able to tell you how hot it will be hey, when Emma. it goes what off what about that so, 9 so, pounds of pressure in the tire Kelvin. Emma so what's <laughs> yes so what's next I really Nine don't know. Um, um, I was supposed to talk about what I did in the garage today. 
Well, no, we're, 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 we're not finished with the current okay. subject yet, Z. I was like, so, what's going on here? Saying, yeah. What's next with Emma Yeah, you, you're, get, you're getting a little ahead Sorry. of yourself I thought there. we meant subjects. Um, I really don't know. Okay. And that's, a, that, that's the absolute truth. I mean, I got the news on Tuesday... Um, you know, I got various options open to me. I'm not. I mean, you got time until the the, the yeah, shutter, shutter I mean, the windows you know, and shit, right? Like we we can't actually order parts anymore, right? But we have an inventory of parts, and you got um, a backlog of bikes you need to work on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to look after my current customers For because sure. just because I'm not going to see them anymore, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that I want them to go out on a bad note so let's get you a lift yeah so the bikes have i'm sorry let's get you a lift or you get two lifts in your garage there and then you got all the customers <laughs> nobody's gonna be pissed I yeah well that's earlier. true that make that money. Oh, and that's the thing people yeah. work from home like the shop's leaving but i'm not here's yeah. my card well here's, yeah. here's the thing people not don't have just relationships with their dealer but they have no. relationships with their mechanics and emma's a hot commodity that's right so you know yeah i mean at your own leisure too there's absolutely no way that i would ever leave motorcycling behind i might step away from the industry and just lick my wounds for a couple of years and see where the industry's going yeah. um because it's changing very very quickly yeah mm-hmm. we're in a big and flux right now you yeah know, figuring out what's going to happen with, with motorcycles and you know i'm i'm kind of so close to retirement yeah i'm not sure whether i'm ready to just do something completely new i mean there's been two things that have been very very pervasive in my in my working life and working on motorcycles is one of them Mm -hmm. and driving heavy vehicles is another why not? The bus thing both. sounds so cool. Um, mostly. So she's buying a Ural. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, driving heavy passenger vehicles is another. So <laughs> I might go back to driving long distance tour bus for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Emma, how about we open up? Everyone tells me I should be a tour guide and everyone says you should be a mechanic. We should open a shop and we can, <laughs> we can buy used bikes for Super Chief and I can take people out on tours and bring Well, them. that'd be cool. Hey. Um, well, and Emma, you had an offer from a friend of ours. Uh, what who? Philippe. Oh yeah, yeah you know, and I've got to say, Phil. Oh, Phil's That's such so a dear. He's <laughs> Phil offered me a position at Cleveland Moto just as soon as he heard the news. He said, "There's a bench here. You come and live at my house rent free." You know, that's it. What a fantastic offer, and yeah. I would love to work for Phil. It's a bit cold. That's like a great um, place to work. Cleveland. But it, it's a little bit chilly out there, <laughs> Phil. Um, <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I mean, wait, where is he at? Cleveland. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, right I totally missed this. I'm like, wait, what? what? Right by oh, the I-O? lake. Oh, fuck. Portland was a bit of an eye opener for me, mm. darling. Yeah. I was I was cold when I got off the plane, and I didn't warm up until I got back off the plane Snow in San Jose. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, um, no, I really don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, the future uh, has many paths that you could take. There are many paths I could take. I mean, the only thing is, if I go back on the road with the tour buses, I mean, it means I don't become a regular at Misfits anymore, which is a huge part of my life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Um, I've got a backlog at work. I've got a backlog of it in the garage of classic stuff I need to finish Wait off. Wait a minute, Emma. Mm-hmm. Yes, darling. You can give a tour 
of Santa Cruz and stop at the best taqueria in town True that. on Sunday nights for dinner. <laughs> I Tell them you'll meet them back in two hours. Where <laughs> am I? Or they pay a premium to come on as a guest slot. Yes. Where am I going to park a 55... the podcast. Where am I going to park a 55-seater MCI tour bus? It's like though? right next to the Pacific. Pacific. If you're a good driver, you can get um, into the uh, Misfits. Uh, just you know, It's a little narrow alley, but I'm sure, it's, sure it's you can a, manage. Side <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it's it it threw me a curveball, I must admit. And it's funny because the rest of the staff have talked about this coming and we all knew it was coming. Yeah. But you know, denial's a wonderful thing. When it actually okay. happens, you're like, Oh right. I got a question for oh, you. Fuck How <laughs> you long know. how long were they talking about this? Like, hey, there's some uh something on the horizon that you should know about. This is like a year before they actually happened. Yeah. Well, I'd heard that the owner had put the mothership up for sale. Yeah. One in Utah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was probably a year ago that I heard it put up for sale. And I thought, ah, we're pretty safe here. Because yeah. nobody's buying anything in the motorcycle industry. And as long as the mothership's open, we're safe. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize it sold. And it sold to um celebrity basketball guy. And I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, celebrity basketball guy. I love that guy. Okay, yeah, wait that a minute. Too. So, like, what are you... <laughs> So but as far as the mothership goes, the mothership's staying, but like everything else around it is full of Disney. Well, yeah, but the mothership doesn't belong to him anymore. Right, right. And we do. Right, okay. So basically, it's at the stage where... Oh, interesting. I'm, yeah, we're, we're his only bike shop now, and we're costing him money. Yeah. You know? I mean, every week we're open. Celebrity basketball guy didn't buy the satellites. No. Just the main... Okay. No, I mean, no. It's... It, Classic. Yeah. Celebrity he he buys guy. the profitable ones. Um, What's going to happen with all the inventory? Well, um... I already asked when it's going on barnyard sale. Barnyard sale? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the moment, we're having... Uh, None of us have any money. I'll take three uh, Who are you even looking at here? <laughs> we're having a cost... You can, you can basically buy any bike in our showroom mm. at cost. And wow. it doesn't get any cheaper than cost. But um, I need parts for my 91 DR350. I don't think we've got anything. We might have an oil filter or two. Oh, I so could I, use that. I, I, uh, I called down there and I talked to, uh, you know, uh, Jim down there. Yeah. And we talked about an Africa twin. He's got a brand new uh, 2017. He's a great well example. Well then, Jim. <laughs> I was so like, an African, how much is the Africa twin? Well, it's 16. It's 16 and a half out the door. And what was your out the door price? Uh, 11,999. Oh, oh, shit. Damn. So That's a damn go. good deal. That's going to sell like after this podcast uploads. No, it sold. About their oh, no, it's it, <laughs> it sold on Friday. Yeah. yeah. I need well, a, what bike do you still got? Still I need a plated dirt bike. Yes, you do. We've got a WR250 with your This is the rest of the podcast. Enough for me. Mike, that's a fantastic motorcycle. It's a good motorcycle. Probably five. That's a really good deal. Those only go like six, seven out the door. I'll take it. Okay, but Emma, do they have the FZ07 in my color? Which is your color? Oh, the gray with the green wheel? Yeah. No. We have an FZ07. I think that color's done for 2019, though. Yeah, I know. I'd have to get a 27. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like like it, you feel like vultures, though. I'm sorry, Emma. No, you but know? it's all got to go. Yeah, and we're I like mean, picking at the meat right now. I, I want a 250 rally. The thing is, <laughs> it's got to stay in the family. At the moment, um, at the moment, the dealership's still pretty much complete. All the tools are in the workshop. We're still churning out bikes. Mm -hmm. The showroom is still pretty full. The parts department is still pretty full. So it's it's kind of feels a little bit phony. So you expect a, like a, at least like a probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month before yeah. it truly shut down. But the, the thing is, 
when it starts emptying out and when the work starts drying up because we can't order parts Mm. It's going to start getting very sad very quickly. And I might bail then because I'd rather remember it as it was. Is it it like cancer? Yeah, exactly. It's like the cancer. It was a Deadpool reference. Don't look at me like that. Um, So, like, uh, what's going to happen to the building? It's just going to turn into an office. Oh, they'll just, just bulldoze like, Tesla will expand yeah. from across the street. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, eventually. I mean, we you need know, more Teslas on the road. R- he, the guy's probably going to make more money renting that space out than actually. Probably. I mean, it's a, it's a probably. nice building. It's a two story building, and there's not many two story buildings it in is. that area. Yeah. And it's huge glass pane windows all around it, too. But so. it's, it's very old. It, it does need some maintenance. Okay. I mean, you know, there's huge amounts of like gutters on the side that yeah. are so rusted. But and we all know land here is worth so much. Yeah, California land. Is so he, uh, my guess is you'll probably do pretty well with the building, um, yeah. but yeah, it's all, it's all going to get very sad very quickly. Really, that could be a nice um, restaurant. Psh, yeah, it could it could be a nice lot of uh, things. I don't think a restaurant or a zero zero dealership. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's it's too it's really too big for its mm. own good. Yeah, um, is, there, is there a Harley dealership in Monterey? No, there's the world. Yeah, no, no, that tiny Harley store on the on the on the Canary Row. The little, that's like a one room thing. It's like a, they don't even have room for a motorcycle. They just yeah, have like yeah, yeah. Harley <laughs> does like two story buildings. But I think that, isn't that an offshoot of Monterey Harley Davidson in Salinas? I, I think it is. It, I, I didn't even know it was a thing until I went to Cannery Row, which I never go there. Went, what in the I, next to the beef jerky store? I think they call those sub Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> My own opinion is certainly here in California. You know, we. California tends to be ahead of the curve in a lot of things. I think we're seeing it ahead of the curve in a bellwether for what motorcycling's going to do. Is, yeah. And I think the big dealership experience is going to go away. Is that foreshadowing for the rest of the country? Maybe. I don't know. I, I went I, to some dealerships in Oklahoma, and they've had a shit reputation for a long time. So, Yeah, I mean, I wish we could talk about, like, you know, what's going to happen to the used market. Because I'd imagine. I think the used this, market's going to become the healthy market. It is, yeah. yeah. Until they're gone. It's the hot market right now. It's, it's the hot market. Well, but I think the, the big dealership experience where you go in, where there's <coughs> five brands, six brands, eight brands, ten brands, and there's slick salesmen walking around, yeah. and, you know, it, it's it's shiny and I, everything. I think that's going away. I think what it is too, in the case of people who do ride motorcycles who are into them, they are kind of people who want to figure out things on their own. So you have YouTube videos and they're more inclined to maybe buy a used bike. Well, boil that down to the fact that the hold people on, who are coming in on, are commuters. On, yeah, it could be. But towards, here's an interesting fact though. The 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 only part of that dealership that was close to being profitable was service. Service, yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Was the service. Okay. We were the closest to being profitable. I mean, the sales department, yeah. when you total up the inventory and what's called flooring costs, so you have flooring yeah. costs, and flooring costs means you're paying an amount for every bike you have on the floor mm-hmm. yep. in on top of the inventory yeah and then all the advertising that goes in some of which which is supplied by the manufacturer some of it <coughs> is not and just maintaining a clean showroom it's huge and, and the longer yeah. the bikes sit out there the higher your flooring costs and are. in in that area the rent i can't i, just, I mean the cost of doing business in that area oh, is it's, horrific. It's astronomical. Yeah. I mean, Monterey's like just, it'll, it'll roll your eyes back in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, there it is. Um, on top of Knox saying, though, like, 
people are looking to work on their own bikes, it's also that a lot of people coming in now are looking for affordable, easy to maintain commuter bikes too. Right. You know, small CC that you know the Honda Rebels you're selling. So it doesn't make for make like you know doing big <clears throat> sales and doing big service on bikes that people can't wrench on their own. Yeah, I mean the the biggest selling bike we had for a long time was the Grom, which certainly makes yeah. sense. I mean Groms are a lot of fun. It's one two it's five. So it's four speed. It's adorable. It, it's easy to look after. I predict that the Kawasaki Versus will be the cockroach of the motorcycle world. <laughs> It'll be the one that just survives forever. It's uh, that parallel twin motor is basically uh, the UJM of the. But you know, era. here's a here's an interesting thing though. When Kawasaki brought out the Versus 300, I thought it's going to do really well mm. because it's it's small enough to not be intimidating. You can load it up with accessories. The price point's not bad. It's a great looking bike. We couldn't sell them. But the bike's yeah, a bit underwhelming. We could, it is a little underwhelming, yeah. but well, it's, you it's, as a, as a starting it, right? point, it's great. And it's the same with the uh, with the Rally Raid. You know, I thought a Mini Africa Twin at a great price, can't go wrong. We yeah. could, we gave our Rally Raid away. Yeah. I want one. It they was, were a little overpriced. Dunk yeah, yeah. as far as sales go. Great little bike. <laughs> and it's the same with the Versus 300. Great little bike, but as far as sales went, friggin' yeah. disaster. That Versus is an excellent bike. Yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? It'll be the cockroach. It will be the cockroach. <laughs> so uh, Emma's out of work. Tra-la-la. Yeah. Well, one of these days. Not well, me. you know what? Even though you're out of work, it doesn't mean people don't want your help because we've got mm. some emails. Ooh, emails. And there are some with some great questions. Oh, really? Who's got one that's got a question that needs to be answered? I got one for a bagel. I didn't read my... <laughs> okay, bagel. You got yeah. you got a question. The bagler. I wanted to read it to bagel. <laughs> okay. The bagelry. Oh, wait. Charlie and Mike, are you leaving? Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Congratulations you wanna, on your boots. Do you guys have something you wanted to talk about before you leave or no? I don't think so. Ride motorcycles, be safe, don't die. There you go. Perfect. Oh, and uh, the fuck out of everything. I, they got better shit to do than listen to us jibber jabber about bullshit. Micah, I love your new Icon boots. That's They're pretty dope, man. Boots by Icon. <laughs> All right. So they look you like something out of Space Jam. For Bagel, what you Jones got? Movie, Space Jam. <laughs> All right. Email, f- on, email for on Bagel. On VHS. Dope. I got Space Jam yeah, on VHS. Everybody get Classic. up. Email for Bagel. Howdy, yes. Misfits. Hope all is well. Any chance Bagel could offer some suggestions for a budding vintage two-stroke scooter enthusiast? Ooh. Like what might be an easy-to-find... Fairly inexpensive, somewhat reliable scooter, kind of like the CX 500 of scooters. Any other advice? Thanks from Rob. Bagel, can I take this one? Rose sure. butter. You're not bagel. Is the answer a PE 200? P200. P200E. P200E. Yes. I almost, I do pay attention. I do. Yeah. yeah that. Gold, the, another gold star for Eliza. Yeah, that's that's like the, pretty much the most common vintage Vespa around. Uh, they made them for like 50 years and, and you can find parts for them. They're easy to work on. Knock, what does it sound like? Was that the vintage Vespa? No, do you remember? Do you remember that? No, that ringtone you could get for your phone. That's exactly what they're doing. Annoying frog. Do you remember that? Crazy frog. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a P200E. No, no, that's a moped. Oh my 
god. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, it's nothing but motorcycle noises for the next hour and a half. I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna read. You can mine. turn it off right now. So, uh, do you agree? Is that is that the go-to? Yeah, I, I would say that if you're if you're looking to get into it, uh, P200 is the way that. to start. Um, you can also find a P125X. Uh, the difference is it's a 125 with uh, points instead of electronic ignition. Oh, I like uh, points. They're they're super cheap. Um, they just don't have the electronic ignition reliability. Um, so yeah, this is for somebody but, who wants to get into some vintage shit. Yeah. 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 And but if it, it all depends on what you find uh, though. If bagel, bagel, bagel. I'm yes. going to stop you there. Yes. Uh, who makes the electronic ignition for Vespa? Oh, there it is. Well, Make it stop. Make it stop. Well, the good one is made by Ducati. Yeah, yeah but but the uh, the Magnetic for Marley. a while, uh, well, Magneti Morelli does make some components for it, but that mm-hmm. I think that's with the Ducati. System. Right, right, right. But the uh, the FEMSA uh, system was used okay. for a number of years in the seventies and is horrible. So, but <laughs> you dare to use reliable and Magneti Morelli in the same sentence? Uh, that's bold talk, man. Relative, <laughs> relative. It's a relative. Term. <laughs> that is bold talk. It's a relative term. Magneti Morelli and reliable. Yes. Same <laughs> sentence. Good lord. Yeah, but but if hey, if you find another uh, vintage Vespa that's cheap, I say go for it. You know, yeah. there there are VVBs, there are rallies, sprints, uh, supers. I mean, anything that you can find that's you know that's older is cool too. And you know, old two-stroke Vespas are a friggin' hoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're but um, word of caution. You're gonna learn about cables very, very oh, yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, and you need to know you need to know your wits about cables because yeah. the manual transmission it's cable operated. You you better figure out how cables work and, and how to look after <laughs> really? them. Wow. Yeah. Everything, oh, yeah. Everything on a Vince Vespa is all cable. There's like yeah. two, oh, yeah, 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 two okay. shifter cables, a clutch cable, a rear brake cable, a throttle cable, and a front brake cable, and a speedo cable. And you know, if oh, you set them cables. up right, they're yeah. wonderful. Oh yeah. But there's nothing as woeful as a vintage Vespa. With badly adjusted cables, or, well, or I mean, it's, cables. it's wretched. Hold on, though, but that's like that's like an inevitability, right? Like sure. cable stretch period. Oh yeah, yeah. and, and they get rusty. Yeah. I mean, usually with the vintage Vespa, the problem is that the cables will get rusty and they'll be super like crunchy when you pull them and super hard. Oh yeah, it's just abrading on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not it's not bad. on the versus. Mikey, no, Mikey needs to be right. Mikey, mm. yeah, I got an email. You ready? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so welcome to cold and rainy Portland. This is from Paul Hempel. Hey, yeah. Paul. Hey, Paul. The other Paul. Yeah, the other Paul. That fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. You know, he wasn't at the fucking show. And if he was, he didn't show his face. Well, he knew you were going to be there. Yeah, he did. He I don't know the story. Like, I don't know what the reference is here. He was shucking here. and jiving. Yeah, he, he was. Can, we, can I get a yeah. breakdown in like two sentences of what's going on fucking with this? Fucking Paul. Paul. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Is it like World War Paul so versus Paul Mike? So Paul was fucking yeah. or a little bit of Paul? this email yeah okay thank you jim misfits it was a pleasure meeting the people Uh, yeah it says knock with an n-o-k yeah (laughs) jim emma and liza yes behind the voices that i had been listening to for ages bnr before norman Reedus. yes Uh, oh that's a thing bnr yeah yeah Yeah. whose name did he leave off uh you know who the fuck he left off If I was crippled, I, I, he gets a hand, he gets a, uh, a pass on that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's a thing, though. Just so you know, BNR is before Norman Reedus. Okay. And then there's like an ANR post Norman Reedus. Yeah. Okay. Um, so sorry I wasn't more lucid. What with severe jet lag and a voice like a frog going through puberty, <laughs> communication wasn't working for me that day. It was purely by chance that family issues brought me to Portland at the same time as the One Moto Show. 
And I wasn't going to let something like jet lag and a voice lost along with my luggage to stop me from meeting oh, him. Man. He's dedicated. You know who this is, right? When yeah. I started reading this, I'm like, this dude was is awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a Hong Kong guy. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Hong yeah. Kong dude. Anyway, I've been living in Hong Kong for about 25 years. Riding there makes for good urban riding skills. But oh, how bad. Open roads are only to be dreamed about. Oh, I'm yeah. envious, and when I listen to you talking about your rides and other activities, listening makes me look forward to summer, when I could return to Oregon for a few months of good riding. Excuse me. Being based in Asia and being desperate to escape the crowds and pollution of Hong Kong has allowed me a number of road trips in interesting places. I've spent a week in Japan on a rented Honda. I've managed to destroy a Ducati in Italy, and I was very happy that my hospital visit only cost me 20 euro. Wow. Nice. Perhaps the most interesting ride was crossing the Himalaya on an Enfield Bullet with Mm. Gurav Yanni. Oh, yeah, I know. The the top of the world guy. Yeah, if you you have not seen his film Riding Solo to the Top of the World, you should. Unfortunately, there are no Australian motorcycle makers, so I had to rent a rent double them, trouble you. Yeah, double them, trouble you. BM trouble you. Yeah, BM trouble you. Blimey, mate. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that one. Of truth, mate. To the Great Ocean Road. Is that your Australian accent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, mate. But still, I wish oh, I could make biking a part of my daily life as you have, rather than having a schedule it in for a short time each year. Paul. So I I didn't meet Paul, but I mean you guys. No, he's a cool cat. Yeah, you guys kept mentioning him, um, at like you know a few times throughout listen, the weekend. And listen, anybody who rides a two-wheel contraption around Hong Kong is legit. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it was cool. Balls. We were hanging out and uh, chatting, and all of a sudden this guy came up, and he was tall, a distinguished gentleman. And he kind of just started talking to us, and it turned out to be Hong Kong Paul. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a name. And he's Hong like, Paul. hey, just nice to meet you. And all of a sudden, he just started saying, I just got in from Hong Kong, and before that, I was in India. And I was like, oh my gosh, he had kind of like a trench coat on. Wow. And I looked over, and I said, oh, I hope he's a spy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he might be a spy. You know, he might have, like, his secret compartment, and he got a radio, <laughs> he got a radio in it. his shoe. I yeah, but I, 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 look, I just remember he was putting a lot of emphasis on coming in to, to make sure he saw you guys at the show, even though he literally just got off the plane. No, yeah, he was no, super yeah. stoked. He, he was a really cool dude, man. So thanks for saying very, hi. The, you guys are super celebrities. I'll tell you look who look forward we, to meeting you. Right. But I'll tell you, he reminded me of the world's most interesting man. Totally right. Yeah. yeah. He definitely got that vibe on. Yeah, yeah. That was super cool. Do you cool. think he so wrestles the, tigers? I, I think he imagine. might wrestle tigers. Is he tigers. single? I think yeah. he probably cuddles Asking tigers. for a friend. If he's no, been to he seemed like that kind of guy yeah. mm. who could wrestle tigers. A girl named Tiger. Speaking of wrestling anacondas, <laughs> Jim, you got an email to read? <laughs> I do here. Hey, Misfits, you guys are the best. Oh, thank you. Well, that's that's a good start. <laughs> right? This Who's is from uh, Norm Holderson. Waiting for Halderson. the insult. Who's who? Norm Norm Holderson. Halderson. Norm. Yeah. Storming Norman. Hey, everyone. Greetings from McMinneville, Oregon in Pacific Northwest. Hey. hey, my name is Norm, and I started listening to you guys a few months back when Norm. I saw you on the ride with Norman Reedus. Yeah. That was before Norman Reedus. What was it? BNR? No, during, no, during <laughs> Norman. Oh, yeah, it's PMR. Okay, PMR. <laughs> PMR. <laughs> uh, the weekend you guys were up here in Portland for the one. Yes. Unfortunately, he was only able to go Friday night and was hoping to meet us. I caught up with Liza. 
uh, who's yeah, <laughs> caught up with Liza, uh, got to chat to her with her for a bit. She pretty much made my night. Uh, just as cool in person as she is on the show. Oh, that's nice. Liza is Liza. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to chat, uh, Liza. I was hoping I'd meet Miss Emma, too. My wife and I kept our eyes up, but we never saw her. Since I didn't get to meet you, Emma, I just wanted to say that I truly appreciate what you bring to the show. You're a Aww. soft-spoken, calming presence and an absolute endless source of mechanical knowledge. Oh, thank you, darling. That's Are we so talking sweet. about the same person? She punched me in the dick earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but He's I, a mean bastard. Uh, oh, you should have heard the joke she told me on the sidewalk today. <laughs> that was oh, the shit. filthiest joke I've heard in my life. Oh, I need to hear it now. Thank you with the after show. Uh, no, okay. it's, I'm not going to sell no, that a joke. A little bit on about air. Norm. Uh, his first <laughs> motorcycle was a vintage tote goat that I got when I was oh, seven. Oh, wow. It had two horsepower Briggs and Stratton lawnmower engine. Mm-hmm. One yes, pulled stop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the clutch was a Chevy fan belt that utilized a foot-operated belt tensioner. Oh, my God. It was the most janky thing you'd ever seen. Yep. Super fun, of course. Uh, <laughs> fast forward today, he's got a 92 CB250. Okay, Nighthawk, which is yeah. cool. Gen uh, 1 Nighthawk. Yeah, very good bike. He traded for an Xbox, I think. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, he's got a 96 uh, Harley Sportster. Okay. Uh, he's I like got, Sportsters, eh, you know? Fuck it. Yeah, he's like, oh, Paul's for the groans <laughs> you guys are making because I have a Harley. Yeah, uh, sportings are cool. Uh, an XR 650 Dual Sport. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a CNC machinist getting ready to open my own custom motorcycle shop, Dead Guy Motorcycles. Hey, all right. Hey. Like, dude, did, there's yeah. a Dead Guy beer. He should keep it in a shop. Yeah. I said, yeah. what's up, Dead Dude? On the uh, on the Instagram thing, so hey, oh what's yeah, up, that's right, right, right on. Uh, let's see. Goals to become a bike builder. I decided to do what I love for a living. Uh, you already follow my business on Instagram. Oh, there you go, which is awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, plan to come visit you guys once the passes clear up in the spring. I'm gonna ride my do Harley it. down. Is that a threat? Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Should be about 11 hours uh, from his shop to Santa Cruz. Off camp Saturday night, somewhere off the road. Sweet. And then roll in Sunday and do that real biker shit thing. <laughs> <laughs> like You're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> really disappointed. <laughs> uh, anyway, take care. Uh, keep rocking and rolling. His up to butt bike is a Yamaha V Max. That's a good one. You I know, Knock <laughs> likes the V Max. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's a cool bike. I love VMAXs. Gen 1s are way better than Gen 2s. You know, oh, that's what I hear. I've, Gen really like Gen Gen I've yet to ride one. It's been on my list since the 80s, yeah. and I've yet to ride one. I wow. heard it, the, the Gen 1 doesn't suffer from like the emissions controls and all that malarkey, well, right? And, no, it's, it's, just, ju- like, it's, better it's built. just a more visceral experience. Yeah. I mean... Um, they handle like a shopping trolley mm-hmm. but dear <laughs> god I have never ridden a bike before or since it just flattens your eyeballs when you open it up in the straight <laughs> they're genuinely like frightening yeah. um, and when the V-boost kicks in it's like dear so god I guess people like the version where like it just it doesn't handle as well is that what it well, is no, or I mean, like it, no I mean it's just a more visceral experience yeah. I mean it and it's physically quicker. The Gen sure. One is a quicker bike than the Gen it Two. It is okay. Interesting. No, I mean it's it's a genuinely quicker bike. Huh. I, I, um, um, <clears throat> but God, they handle badly. <laughs> it's I, a cruiser. What, 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 also, also uh, it's funny that he noted uh, mentioned the uh, tote goat because uh, I believe that they made the tote goats with uh, that were set up for Vespa engines back in the day too. One twenty fives with points. Probably, yeah. Yes. I got a joke. You ready? Yes. I'd love to hear your joke. Why do you punch a psychic when she laughs? 
I don't know. Because you always want to hit a happy medium. Uh, oh, 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 painful. <laughs> dad jokes. Uh, dad jokes. I'm going to tell you. Let's coming. move on to the next email now. <laughs> so, hey, if you're in McMinnville, buddy, uh, my friend Sam helps organize a the track down there. Uh, oh. His name is Sam. I'll holler at him. It, it's a, apparently, it's a pretty bitching track. And, um, yeah, uh, get yourself a small bike or a super motard or anything, really. Um, the, they run up to uh, 650s up there. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. McMinnville, Oregon. There's a track there. You probably know about it. And sounds it fun. If, um, if you decide to come down and visit us down at the Misfits, just make sure that you give us plenty of notice that you're coming so that when you actually arrive, I'll punch knock in the dick for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so check them out. So, yeah, Norm at the Dead Guy up in uh, McKinnaville. Yeah, McKinnaville. good luck with your business, Norm. Yeah, so I got yeah. one uh, one here from Dave, Dave Marley. Dave, it's Dave. Uh, it's titled Thanks. Hey, just wanted to Hello, sh- Dave. shoot a quick email to say thanks for million for giving me a chance to chat about the charity ride on air. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a huge boost for this year's fundraising efforts. Uh, it was a blast meeting you, Knock Bagel, of course, the dazzling and sultry Miss Emma herself. Tra la la. All the compliments tonight. All the, all the good shit. And yeah, if baby. y'all are ever uh, in the area, I'd love to show you the local roads. Uh, and of course, we always have a place to crash. Cheers, Dave Marley. Uh, P.S. I can't remember who was shit talking uh, snow riding last episode, but <laughs> but tell them to air down that and ovary up. It's called riding weather. Damn it! Knock. <laughs> there's pictures on your email. Can you hold up the pictures so that we can see them? Yes. And would you point them out? Like so, we were okay, so the first one, for the listeners, let's describe for the, the pictures. first one. This crazy bastard is on some kind of snow-capped uh, trail <laughs> on his KTM. Yep. It appears or some yep, kind of dirt bike. Nice. That's some real biker shit. You know, and then the other one is uh, a group of us ding dongs with him. Yeah, at the one motorcycle. Oh, let me All see right. who he is. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll, yeah, here we go. His, his name is Dave. All right, Dave. But, thanks, Dave. <laughs> Next email. But uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, thanks for coming out and talking to us. Yeah. It's uh, it was cool because we actually got to sit down and or uh, stand around and talk a little bit about. Oh, I remember other, this so. guy. Yeah, he's chill. Yeah. All right. I've got an email here, and I would like to point out that Z was in charge of handing out the emails for everyone. She literally chose hers as a two-sentence email. I picked one at random. I always have the long emails that are about the shitty topics, This thing is a a definite full page of... Someone got creative and and already did origami with the paper. It's a biography. um, Yeah. So, anyone, this message is called Recalls, and it's from listener Sean O'Hara. Yes. Says, hello, Misfits. Long-time listener, first-time caller, or whatever. As I sit back and enjoy, or as has become repulsed by the weather, uh, <laughs> sipping adult beverages, I give my mind over to random thoughts. My current employment has me working on recalls. Mm. Given the fact that the NHTSA is furloughed, I find, I find it is up to individuals that care enough to get the word out to keep our fellow man safe. I know there have been conversations with Miss Emma in the past about recalls. Yes. Uh, so I pose the following quiz question. Yes. Mm. This has been made without any actual fact-checking as good as any good quiz question should be. <clears throat> what is the only recall to affect both automobiles and motorcycles? I know, I know that one. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Takata is the airbag. That, yep. Biggest recall fucking oh, ever of BMW. anything. Really? No, no, Takata, just airbags in right, general. Right, but they, yeah. they were in the BMW, right? BMW, Hondas, and every wow. fucking vehicle out there, essentially. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Wow. No, I mean, the, the BMW yeah. motorcycle was the only one with airbags. No, time, the right? Honda Goldwing. Oh, the Goldwing had it too. Yeah, yeah okay. the Mo. Isn't that a car, though? No, no. It's only got two wheels. It's a, it's a joke. Uh, they're like half a car, really, if you cut it You're not a dad. You can't tell jokes. 
Anyway, right, sorry. Cool. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, email would have wrote right on to say, thinking about the individuals who have come through the garage, I don't believe anyone has a motorcycle that falls into this recall. Not knowing what everyone uses as a four wheel vehicle, I think it's important to put the information out there. I'm fairly certain Miss Emma has dealt with this uh, on the motorcycle manufacturer side. Yes. The answer is the Takata airbag recall. Motorcycles yes. affected the Honda GL 1800s uh, 2006 through 2012. Yep. And then basically every automotive uh, manufacturer is listed after that as automobiles affected. Right. Um, the most dangerous thing being the 2001 through the 2002 Hondas and the 2006 Ford Rangers and Mazda B series pickup trucks. Anyone can go to the NHTSA.gov uh, for more information or contact your manufacturer. I- I've rambled enough about it, but I feel it's important. Currently in my stable, a KLR's 250, LS650 yeah. Savage, and a JR50 for my nephew. Current what's, wait, what's a JR50? JR50 is a tiny little Suzuki dirt it, bike. It's a little two stroke. Like well, it's a oh, junior 50. Cool. JR. Oh, they're fantastic. Whoa. And Jim, then, we need to get one of those. Yeah. Yep. You Agreed. Rim, bim, 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 bim. Oh, boy. We need to it's, add to the backyard stable. Current up the bike. Well, the, the electric bikes oh, seem sorry. like they're dying. Oh, no, Sorry. they need to be charged. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Morgan. Current on the butt bike, uh, there are a few that I give it up for. Yes. And I'm, and I'm probably going to pronounce this. I'm not, I'm not familiar with this one at all. It's a Gezi Brian Furia Auto. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those are hot. Yeah, okay. it's like it's like it's it's kind of like a goozy sort of base thing if you squint your eyes. You know, uh, Will and Mao's got a Gezi Brian. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it it it's quite exotic. Not so, as exotic as me, though, darling. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to get together with you guys, if possible, during AMA finish days. Until then, Sean O'Hara, Sean O'Hara in Millersport, Ohio. P.S. Always a campsite open on my property. Let me know. Ooh, I'll trade nice. it for good, great road stories or a hand job in the alley. Oh. <gasps> Mike! Yeah. I was gonna say, I, double teaming, baby. I was about yeah. to say, I'll take up that offer, but I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Knock is always ready and willing. Yeah. Going real quickly on that yeah. Takata airbag, there was 3.6 million cars equipped with such airbags. Yeah. And apparently, uh, yeah, those, woof. Buddy. Yeah. Hey, I got a, one I forgot about. This came in a, about a week ago, and it's from yeah. um, uh, Jay and Ashley down in L.A. Yeah. Yay! Yay! We people. love them. So I... sorry it's taking me a little t- a while to get back to you. I'm like that. But uh, <laughs> hey, do you know much about Honda CXs? We yes. are considering yes. it as a possible used bike option if Ashley has her uh, Triumph totaled. I said, what year model? Uh, an 83 CX650. Okay. So oh, I think okay. they're pretty cool bikes. Well, the, the CX, the platform started off in 78, um, and the first ones were terrible. I, I had three CXs. Right. But yeah. the, the 78s, the late 77, 78s, were awful. The big ends went out, and the cr- camshaft but tensioners went out. And they were just it. terrible bikes. But they got good quick. And the CX650 is pretty much the last of the line. It was the last gasp of that engine before they just, we're done, and we're going to go to um, the four and a half V-twin. You know, they turn the engine around, Mm. and then the offspring were were the Transalps and the Generation 1 Africa Twins <coughs> and the FT500 Ascot Twins, and it was that platform. So 650 is a great bike. Still things you got to watch out for. Um, carburation is woeful. Anything with old K-Hin carbs on it, it's like oh god, hmm. terrible. Um, 
So make sure the is, carb- is it like terrible as in like they're prone to failure? Yeah, wear? I mean they're just really finicky carburetors. Okay. The the old K hins don't have rubber diaphragms. So great says you. Yeah. Huh. But they've got these really, really close-fitting aluminium diaphragms in the carbs, and they are... Wait, are they just like weird, like a weird kind of a plastic... Wo- yeah, aluminum? Like a, like a, like a bellows kind of a thing? No, like? no, 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 no. It's like a top hat, and it's really oh, close-fitting. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they're very, very prone to gummy, gumminess. Mm. And it doesn't help that everything on an old K-Hin was clear-coated. Yes, Liza? Yeah. I was going to say, my only problem with this choice... I like Honda. I like CX500s. I don't like 1983 to be your only bike. Yeah. Anything 1983 is right in that window of things are going to start going out. Anything rubber, things are going to start going out. That's yeah. what. That's your second bike. It's not your first bike. Yeah, and I mean, they're looking for a replacement for Triumph. I would say. I mean, if you're looking for a cheap replacement, I would start with late nineties. Nighthawk seven fifty. Well, she needs a lower bike. The CX yeah. six fifty is, yeah. is a lower bike. Little Joe had the uh, Nighthawk seven fifty. He rode that just fine. He's pretty short. Um, Saddles are good. That's my only concern. Yeah, is that's when seals and things start weeping and. It becomes a project, but I mean, basically, not a daily rider. Yeah, it, if you're looking for a project, carburation's woeful. Um, charging systems are a bit <laughs> core blimey. So yeah. check its charging. Um, check it carburetes cleanly. Yep. And uh, Bob's your uncle kind of thing. Yep. The, the other thing, and I don't know, I've not ridden the, the 650, but the 500, even though I loved it, compared to bikes a decade later, it was gutless. Oh, no, the 650 addressed a little Did of it? that. Okay. But you've, mean, ju- uh, you've just got to remember that you're riding a bike that's basically 35 years old. Yeah. So like a 35-year-old car, it's not going to give you the same performance as a modern 650. Did, but you know, they make good power. I mean, they'll truck all day at like 80 miles an hour. They're, uh, they made a turbo version. Yes. yes. Wild. Solid 100 horsepower bike. Very <laughs> Really? Nice out of bike. a 650? Yeah. So Damn. Fuck. If she's looking at the um, a CX650, what would be a bike to recommend um, oh. in that same price range? I mean, I was just telling um, the kid who was at the shop today because he's like, oh, I want to chop up my shadow. His little shadow 250. Yeah. I'm like, no. No, don't do it get, to a 50. I said get a, I said, get a late, late 90s Shadow 500. Yeah. Chop away. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, it'll run bit, all bit. day. But first first fix too. your forks. Because <laughs> yeah. his you know forks what? were checked. I'm going to say. Yeah. I do like some of the 90s and early 2000s sh- uh, Honda Shadows, like the Ace. Yes. And the, the VLX. Um, Sabre. Yeah, the VLX. Yes. And, um, oh, I hated the, the VLX. One, I had the VLX. Is that the one that looks like an Indian? Yeah. Right. Um, they had a lot of different versions. The Shadow Spirit. Well, yes. you know, the Shadow, the Shadow is a very, very interesting bike because Honda um, considered it as a world bike. Hmm. And in, depending on the market it was in, it was either considered a commuter bike, an entry-level bike, or an aspirational bike, depending on the market. So if you take America, for example, a Shadow 750 is considered an entry-level bike. You buy it to start off your motorcycling career. Mm-hmm. Whereas in somewhere like India, where it's also sold, it was an aspirational bike. It's what you aspired to so buy. I, I did have the VLX as my first bike. Yeah, the VLX. Is that's that the a, 800? 
600. No, it's, it's a 600, but it's only four speed. Yeah, the older VLX 600. That was the only speed. downfall mm-hmm. I found of that bike, but it was so easy to learn how to work on. I would yeah. say the um, Honda Shadow, the 1100. Yeah, it's I got think she would be happy what, with it. What about the Yamaha Star models? Yeah, well, yeah, the Star, they're, the they're pretty heavy. Yeah, they're heavy. The I, I had the V Star 650, and it's it's heavy, and it's got a lot of like plastic chrome, <laughs> like kind of look like Harley parts, and I don't know. It, Even if you pull all that shit um, off, it's it's, still it's like one of these models on the wall, but it actually has an engine in it. Is kind of what it reminded me of. Okay. But it, it'd be a good one to chop. You know, it has the mono shock in it, the V Star, and so does a VLX. What's so, I mean, the good, good Virago? It's like the that eight. one that what's his name has with that cool ass pipe on it. Yes, I like that. It's a bit small though, but I, I right. Do. Jay and Ashley what about the small. Boulevard or Vulcan? Are those those, those are, are heavy big. bikes? Those are big. Those are heavy the too? Viragos. Okay. I know it's not as cool. Not John's as purple Virago. That's my only concern. Is uh, that's not going to be your daily driver? But CX CX five hundred six fifties are very cool bikes. If you want to like chop it up, turn it in a cafe. Yeah, that's a cool project bike for sure. Someone called right? my DR three hundred and fifty a cafe. <coughs> no a scrambler. No. They called it a scrambler. They would be wrong. Yeah, I told them it's a thumper dirt bike. So, do we get all the emails read? <laughs> yep. Well, wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Before we go, the ones that, that I'm just really sad I didn't get to talk about my popped cherries today. <coughs> I popped like four oh, of yes. them. We need to talk about that. What? Yeah, this, like oh, today did was. Did you diddle something? I diddle. I did a diddle lot of things. Today. A lot of diddling today. Yeah, we. Uh, what did we do today? I mean, it was a pretty slow day at the garage. Right? Uh, I'm mean, about the only one who worked any, today at all. Yeah, um, I, think I came you were over the only one. to see Emma, and I'm going to be seeing her tomorrow to do some more work. I'm leaving in ten days for Central America, and then I'll be leaving for Romania in August. But my DR350, I don't know shit about it. And Emma mm. decided that uh, she would take me on as her underling, and she taught me. Everything that I now know about carburetors, cleaning my air filter, <clears throat> checking my valves, and uh, yeah, yeah, the feeler gauges plug. out and everything. Yeah, we did yeah. everything. Like sweet. Um, yeah, you know how to find TDC. No, dead top, top dead center. center. <laughs> Ted. Hey, I just started this stuff. Top it was my center. first carburetor. Okay, this is the first time I've All ever right, gotten that. That was when you cycled the piston to the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we cycled the piston to the top. Emma was great. She's worked with me really well. I like to feel like I'm a pretty good student. But yeah, no, I, I had a great time. I really, really love my '91 DR350 because I can work on it way easier than my Honda CB500X. And well, there's uh, a lot, there's we had a little a lot issues on it. Uh, dude, I, I can take the side panels, the tank, the seat off in five minutes and get into my valves or my spark plug or my air filter or my carburetor in the same amount of time. Just make sure you don't um, lose your, your frame bolt for your oil fill. Uh, yeah, I try not to. But yeah, Emma, Emma helped me out really great. Uh, I had a great time. So like, I'm the only one. Everyone's like, hurry up, Z, let's go do the podcast. <clears throat> but no, it was a great time. Um, I really well, enjoy going down in technology, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, it's, we wanted to do the podcast early because Liza has the sickness. Yeah. I'll see. I'll just look at as far die. as um, going down in technology. I had a stuck of front wheel bearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it yeah. out, huh? I oh, showed, right. I no, this showed is cool. you the you way. Did. This is very cool. Yeah, so. Um, uh, you showed the bearing, too. Yeah, we were, uh, with Emma's help, or Emma got the rear one out after a little bit of struggle, but we, you know, that we were able to punch out. And uh, then went to the front, tried the same technique, wasn't able to get it out i took the wheels over to knox to take the tires off so i could get it powder coated and uh knock had a, a pretty decent punch you know it was like like a nice you know what half inch piece of hardened steel yeah something like that quarter inch yeah it's just hardened steel yeah but you got a nice edge on it we were able to get on the bearing and pound it pretty good nice and uh it didn't Nothing. move 
Yeah, shit. so fuck. So um, wow. Emma had a suggestion, so I tried it, and uh, this was definitely the hail mary. <laughs> wait, wait, is this going to be a top tip? It can be a top. Tip I think this is a great it. top tip. But you do require a welder to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Be I do what? Friends <laughs> with a it's, welder. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's somewhat idiot proof because I was <laughs> sure I was gonna fuck it up. I was positive. So, so what I ended up doing was getting a bolt that was, um, you know, a little bit longer that that uh, than the space of the, you know, the space or whatever. I think it was like a half inch bolt, is a guess. Yeah. yeah. So about a half inch by about I don't know four inches something like that. Yeah. And what I ended up using, I had a hard time finding stuff, was a concrete anchor. So basically, yeah. it was just a cylinder of steel right. threaded, but it mushroomed on the end. Right. So wait, said, hold on. Is, is this a lag shield? What kind of concrete? It's a molly, concrete molly bolt. There is no such thing as a molly bolt. I hate to tell you. No, it's got the little bell end and it's got a sleeve around it normally. Uh, sleeve Hang on. anchor. Anchor molly. Okay, sleeve yeah. anchor. No, no there is no such thing no. as a molly. No. A, it's not sleeve, chrome sleeve molly. molly. Yeah. But no, I'm going to stop you both there. You're the hardware lady. No. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. Are you <laughs> telling me you have a bell end in your trousers? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, uh, arf, arf, arf. So I put it on blocks. I had that, basically the top of that bolt level with yes. the top of the thing. And I took out the plastic, the yeah, little yeah. shield and stuff. And, uh, yeah, and then um, tack welded a bunch of metal in there. Or not tack, just dumped a bunch of metal on top of it. And uh, it worked like a charm. Right. So I, I stood up the wheel. Uh, and, uh, it looks either a sleeve anchor or a wedge anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, it was sticking out the back about an inch and a half, and I thought I was gonna have to kind of wail on it because that that thing was no stuck no no. In there. But the heat of the welding. Yeah, well, me and Liza had a discussion about this, but I just yeah. tapped it gently and it moved the first time. Dip, yeah, dip, it, it shot the metal right expands because, and it loosens up. Because what you're doing is you're hitting it right in the middle. So actually, I'm gonna give a top tip. If you're trying to punch out wheel bearings and there's a sleeve between wheel bearings, there mm-hmm. has to be, because otherwise mm-hmm. if you tightened up the axle, you know, they'd crush. And if you're having trouble moving the sleeve and you can't, you know, bash your bearings out, if you've got a cheap welder, a cheap welder, you don't even need to use a le- You can just use a bolt. Find a bolt, stick it in the one wheel bearing, weld it in the hole, and then you can go in from the other side and just pound it out. Yeah. If you haven't got a welder... You know, Liza's the bolt guru. I, you could probably use a concrete anchor and put it in the hole and just tighten the living crap out of it. And expand it. And then yeah. expand it and pound it out. I've tried that. From the back. That's and that would probably work as well. The reason why I back, like... <laughs> the reason why I like the heating method... Uh, the welding method is it because it involves heat. Yeah. And any time you heat dissimilar metals... Now, obviously, the bearing is made of hardened steel. The wheel is made from cast aluminium. And they're going to expand at different rates, and they're going to aid the removal process. It will aid the removal process, surprisingly enough. So, um, well, I think that because I had tried it earlier, trying to get it out with the uh, with the drift, and I heated it with uh, you know the torch for a while. Yeah, but and but compared to how hot it gets with a welder, oh, you're talking well, thousands the of heat degrees. Consistent, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you heat it with a little torch, like uh, propane or map gas, it's gonna it's gonna light wherever you put it and then cool right. off quick. Yeah. With, with the welder, that thing like solidly Dude. heats evenly and it stays hot but, for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. obviously, if you're welding bolts in your bed. 
that's the end of the bearing. Yep. Oh, I yeah. was just, I, I thought for sure I was going to fuck the whole thing up. I'm like, watch this. I'm going to ruin the wheel. Melt I'm gonna, the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Told, like, I, trust me, I'm very capable. You know of what? That. It's not even so much removing the bearing. It's like once you get that done, is installing the new bearing in and not side loading it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. kind of important. So, yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, you know, you soon know that you, you you bash a bearing around the outside edge and having a nice copper or wooden drift mm-hmm. so you don't hurt the metal yeah. really yeah. helps it. So, um, I think that might be our show. I think so. You know, because Liza's looking very sick. <laughs> Anybody doing anything else today? I don't know. She hasn't yuck. moved a lot in a while. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Not right out of beer. Fucking sounded like Bane feel, over there. <laughs> I feel just fine. <laughs> uh, next episode, everyone sounds like Liza, and she's the only one healthy one. <laughs> so, much, so much for my NPR voice. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wanted to thank you guys for stepping up and No, and that's okay. I mean, so I've just been sitting here like... Congratulations on your award. Very much congratulations. That's an awesome award. Thank well you. done. You definitely deserve it. You work so hard you for it. You deserved a better community. show than <laughs> 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 This is 100% Sorry for the fu- uh, show. You deserve a more supportive group of people. <laughs> we done did our best. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. We made it to a million. That says something. Yeah. That, I mean, That's really impressive. That is an extraordinary achievement and really, Liza, well done. Uh, I want to make something very, very clear, and I've said it before. The show comes across as very informal, it's very loose, and we like it that way. But the hard work that Liza in particular puts in to making this show that yeah. goes out every week, you have no idea how much work she puts in. It's a lot of work not. to make it. And it's over and over and over again. And every she's got a week. she's got a very demanding day job as well. Yeah. Oh, then she also has her full-time job with Werwer, which she's doing right. tremendous it's, work uh, with. She it, works so hard. Ooh, it takes ooh. effort to make it sound like a shit show. Can I give you guys a Werwer Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it. Oh, this is kind of exciting. I don't know. We're out of time. We've been exciting. filling in. So for every country that's on the tour we are looking for ambassadors yes and the ambassador's role is to create the route and kind of be the leader of that country and to help organize events and and rally the women and stuff like that we just had um a woman apply to be ambassador of peru and she rode in the dakar oh Oh, a legit racer that is legit so she'll do her leg in like two minutes is that what I feel We're sorry done. for anyone who Bah-bah. wants to try and ride with her. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just can only imagine the route in Peru. Yeah, good luck keeping up. <laughs> but when um, is it going to get to Peru? Cool. Is there any is there any dates on that yet? Uh, November, I think. Hey, when Ooh. is this launching again, by the way? Fuck. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. February yep. 27th. Right. When was the idea found? I'm just kidding. August. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it is leaving... John Agro, Scotland, and what's that? A week and a half? What's today? Yeah, no, it's about today a week and a half, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks, seventeenth. It's gonna be wild as shit. No, I, I've been, I've days. been in a one conference call with Liza, and these women work so hard to make this thing get off the ground. It's, it's a truly amazing and tremendous what they've done. Thanks. I'll do some more updates as we get more details, especially as it starts. We'll get some updates. Yeah. But thank you guys for stepping up, and um, big thanks to all of our Patreon uh, supporters. 
And uh, everyone's been getting their T-shirts and have been sending pictures, which is really cool. Yeah, we have got a lot of Patreon pictures on the on the Instagram, which is actually really fun because everybody poses with, I think, something represents who they are. Yeah, I love that yeah. shit. Auto and leaders. Last, and lastly, a, a shout out to Chris Wiggins, man, because yeah. he is he is the hardest guy, <laughs> hardest working guy in motorcycle <laughs> racing. But congratulations. Uh, we saw him on television, I guess you'd call it, Harley-Davidson TV, racing on Flat Out Friday in the Hooligan, Maine. So his name was up on the scoreboard and all nice, that shit, but he had, nice. he had a good race, looked like he had a good weekend, except coming back home, some of the pictures he posted looked like <laughs> snow again. Wow. He said some of the hardest driving, it's like blizzard and shit, so hopefully, Dude, hopefully you get Let me safe, tell homie. you something safe right travels. now, because you see this stuff on TV, you see flat track on TV, and when you get up close and personal to it, and I've actually stood next to his Harley, and touch that thing. It is wild. That thing is a frigging monster. Trusty Rusty. Trusty Rusty is a big bike, and it takes some manhandling. And I I tell you right now, Chris, you have got the cojones the size of melons to do what you do. That's a concrete floor. It is Well, it's... Dirt as hard as concrete. Yeah. No, it, at Flat Out Fridays it no, was concrete. Oh, they were on concrete. Yeah. Yeah. And even on when they're on the dirt, they've got the concrete barriers. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's ballsy enough riding the little 250s around, but to ride a friggin' Sportster yeah. around and there. those are high side crashes. Oh, yeah. my word. People were carted out on that race, weren't they? Yeah. They, were, <laughs> they came out. But the crashes oh, are bad. i, I got to say, though, the last race of the night when we were in uh, Oregon... Mm. One by a triumph. Dear God, the noise that thing made was amazing. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty biblical. The Mike, noise. Mikey's got to get out of here. Yeah. So thank stuff. you, thank you, everybody for listening. Yes, and, thank you. Uh, I think that's it. You want to take us out? Up out of here? Yeah, huh? I think so. So thank you all for listening. Thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Um, um, find us at motorcyclesandmisfits.com or. Go to our Instagram oh, there, page. Wait, uh, there was a new YouTube video. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. 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 Mikey so, put up a new video from our one show. So Sweet. check us out, motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Visit our Facebook page. Visit yep. our Instagram page. Visit our YouTube page. And that's it. Um, so it's good night. This is Miss Emma. Good night, darlings. This is Eliza. Uh, this is Morgan. This is Z. Mm, bagel. Yeah, yeah, what's up? <laughs> no, I forgot his name again. This is not. <laughs> we are out of here. Cool.